Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, August the 28th, and my mission as your MLA is to represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent MLA, meaning I work for you, the people, with a foundation based on the principles of democracy, building on a foundation that is truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, and being a servant leader, striving to empower all people. Together, you and I can build stronger communities using the strength of our veterans and standing firm on the four pillars of excellence in healthcare, affordability, our children in education, as well as entrepreneurship and our strong economy. Other work that I focus on is on maritime collaboration the isthmus of Shignecto, the protection of that, as well as truth and justice for victims of sexual assault and intimate partner violence or family violence. These priorities are in line with my vision for a positive, vibrant community right here in Cumberland County. Every week I strive to work proactively on issues that I believe will make this place better to live for you and I and all of our family and friends. In addition to working proactively, we also work reactively, meaning we are always responding to the concerns of the people that contact us through phone, through email, by coming into our office, and messages through a Facebook Messenger. Every day, my staff and I respond to concerns of the people of Cumberland North, people of Cumberland County, and really from all over the province of Nova Scotia. It is truly an honor to serve. But last week, I also had an opportunity to do some professional development, which I was very grateful for. I was in Toronto last week. I went on Sunday morning, flew to Toronto, and stayed until early Wednesday morning, and attended a conference called the Council of State Governments Eastern Conference. There were three other Nova Scotia MLAs there, uh, Ian Rankin, David Ritzy, as well as Susie Hansen. We had meetings with other MLAs from uh, throughout Eastern Canada, as well as senators and representatives from the Eastern United States. We discussed uh, similar, similar concerns uh, that we share in each country, including the uh, agriculture uh, we got an update on the U.S. farm bills and how it's being held up in Congress. We also had an update on Canadian agriculture from the Deputy Minister of Agriculture from Ottawa. We discussed United States and Canadian relations. Uh, we talked about health care policy and including mental health care. It was very uh, an interesting time. It was great to make connections, build relationships and network with people that are doing the same work that I'm doing here in Cumberland North. And together we talked about solutions and ideas of how to make improvements for the, all the people that we represent. And, and what I love is we talked about ways we can collaborate and work together uh, better. One of the common themes that I noticed both here in Canada as well as in the United States, and that is how, uh, even though I believe strongly in democracy, how partisan politics is really seems to be a barrier in getting results for the people. There's a lot of energy right now, a lot of uh, media time, a lot of time spent on the fighting between political parties. And of course, I notice this more probably because I, as an independent, uh, I'm really focusing on grassroots politics, which is just finding solutions and making life better for the people that I represent and for all people. 
there is definitely a need to focus more on the people, the people that we represent, and less on fighting and, and ego and power between political parties. So I look forward to using all the information and building upon the relationships that I made last week and continuing to work for better health care, for more affordability, and increased housing, among many other things for us here in this area. Wednesday morning, I returned back to Nova Scotia and had a very uh, big day for our family. I wanted to share with you our our son, Joel. He's our third son. He's 25. On Wednesday morning, he took an oath of allegiance to our country to serve in the Canadian Armed Forces. He will leave for basic training in about a week to Saint-Jean, Quebec, and then he's off to British Columbia for training to be a Naval Warship Officer. We're very proud of him, but know that it will not be an easy journey. He has lots to learn, and of course we're going to miss him being on the other side of the country. But it is a beautiful part of the country, and my husband and I will surely be making plans to visit him. But I wanted to share that with you. I am very proud of anyone who makes the decision to serve our country in the Canadian Armed Forces, and uh, of course very proud of our son that he made that decision as well. On Wednesday, uh, later in the day, I returned home and then worked in the Amherst constituency office both Thursday and Friday. The main topic of my meetings and phone calls and emails are people trying to get a family doctor or get an appointment for medical care. Also, formal complaints about problems in the healthcare system, as well as people contacting me because they cannot find a place to live, whether it's to purchase a home or cannot even find a place to rent. Also complaints about roadsides and ditches, and I also did some notarizing of documents as well as worked on education and several other topics. So that just gives you a bit of an overview of some of the work that I'm doing here for the people of Cumberland North. Globally, last week, I just have to talk about this for a minute in today's update. We all watched, or at least I certainly watched, uh, with interest, the 45th president of the United States land in Georgia in his private jet, drive in a long motorcade to Fulton County Jail, where he was fingerprinted and had a mugshot taken uh, for charges, um, many charges. But it was really interesting to watch this all um, play out politically. So he used his own mugshot, tweeted it on a social media platform called X, which is formerly known as Twitter, and put the caption, election interference, never surrender, and then put his website asking for campaign donations. It was, as someone who is working in this field and this culture of politics, it certainly is very interesting how he basically used this uh, situation to strengthen his supporters and strengthen his base. And most people have an opinion uh, on this man, whether it's good or bad, positive or negative. The fact is, uh, it makes for interesting politics, that's for sure. And there's a lot of uh, times when I'm going around the, the county uh, or even the country, and he comes up. He knows how to get media attention, and he knows how to uh, use his own platform so that he's not just reliant on the mainstream media to get his message out. I'm sharing this with you today in my update because it's politics up close and personal. And, you know, I often reflect 
as you know why I am doing the job that I'm doing. I put my name name on the ballot because I want to serve our area. I grew up here. I believe that uh, people deserve to have basic things like enough money to live on each and every day, to buy food, to pay rent. I believe people should have a family physician and have access to medical care when they need it for both them and for their family. So I'm very uh, motivated to continue my work and to try to make things uh, better for all. But it's not a it's not an easy job. It's not that simple. Um, you know, once you get into this world of politics, it's very complex. There's a lot of games, ego, power, you know, even lies amongst political parties and inside those political parties, there is a push for and pull for position and for attention and for a perception of importance. Now, meanwhile, all the problems that the average everyday person is expecting the elected official to work on is often rarely touched because the focus inside those political parties and inside partisan politics is so much on position, ego, power, and attention. And the people really working on the issues are the bureaucrats. It's the public uh, officials that are working on these issues day to day and led usually by the deputy minister. So thank you to all of the people that work tirelessly inside all of the government departments, not just here in Nova Scotia, but throughout all of the country of Canada. And, you know, even the, all the staff that work in our municipal offices, of course, there's three levels of government, municipal, provincial, and federal. And there's a lot of people that work very hard day in and day out to make things uh, work. And they deal with a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of red tape, and a lot of legislation and laws. And of course, you and I both know that a lot of it is probably not needed. So thank you to all of those people that are really doing the day-to-day -day work. I'm grateful for all of them that work with me and my staff on a day-to-day -day basis on trying to find solutions for all the people that contact me. I certainly love serving in this job. It's, it's not easy some days. On Friday, I had someone tell me go, to go straight to you know where and how to get there. And then later in the same hour, I was told by someone that they uh, are so grateful for the work that I do. So it can be a, a roller coaster, but thankfully, I have a very, very firm foundation in my faith. I have very strong beliefs in truth and justice. I'm determined, and I will continue to work for what is best for the people that I represent. I want to talk also today about a few of the uh, specific things that I worked on last week, including physician recruitment. So every single day I'm hearing from people that do not have access to a family doctor or cannot access adequate mental health care, uh, specifically psychiatrists in a timely manner. Uh, the local recruitment teams made up of volunteers as well as staff uh, being paid from Nova Scotia Health are certainly doing their best. Uh, however, we continue to have a growing needs that are not being met. So I've been working with several people here in our community as well as a physician recruitment company. And we are hoping to work together to recruit more physicians to our community. That is a work in progress. So please stay tuned for more details in the future. I'm hearing from constituents uh, every week, uh, on average about two people a week, hearing from people that are very concerned about the lack of available 
emergency ambulance services. Last week, I heard from a family who waited for over an hour and a half, 90 minutes for an ambulance while their loved one was having a myocardial infarction or otherwise known as a heart attack. Thankfully, their loved one did not die while waiting and are currently receiving treatment now for that heart attack. But in this situation, like so many in previous weeks and months, there was no ambulance in the entire county of Cumberland available to respond and an ambulance had to come from Truro in that situation. So honestly, we cannot in any way accept these kinds of standards in healthcare. So I'm going to continue to press the government who have the ability to make changes and improvements. So again, last week, I contacted the Minister of Health about this uh, to make her aware and requested a meeting to discuss, as well as communicated with the manager of EHS, that's Emergency Health Services, which is basically a government arm of the Department of Health for the province, as well as the CEO of Medivy Blue Cross, who, of course, is the private company that the province contracts to provide ambulance emergency ambulance services here so i will continue to press on this we we can in no way accept that there are no ambulances available too often in cumberland county and we should never accept the fact that people are waiting for over an hour and a half to respond when someone is having a heart attack we know that time Uh, is muscle. That is the term that physicians and nurses use. So every minute that goes by when someone is having a heart attack, the heart does not have, a, a, a part of the heart is not getting oxygen. And every minute that goes by where someone is not getting oxygen to that part of their heart, puts them at greater risk for from dying from that heart attack. So time is muscle. And when someone's having a heart attack uh, and or a stroke, they should be able to receive uh, emergency ambulance services in a timely manner to save their lives. So I will continue to work on this and uh, we need to get better results. Uh, another topic that came through my office last week, and I'm going to, to look for more information about this, but I did receive an email from the government talking about a refund of provincial tax for guaranteed income supplement recipients. So people that get GIS supplements, um, seniors, there is a refund coming of provincial tax. The, uh, it's supposed to be coming sometime this month, so you should be receiving it shortly. The government is currently mailing out over 11,000 checks to seniors uh, this month, and the majority of these checks are for the 2022 tax year, but there are a few for the 2016-2021 tax years, which are rebates for the late filings of tax reassessments. So if you'd like any more information about this, I'm going to give you a phone number that you can call. It's through Service Nova Scotia, and the phone number is 1-800-670-4357. Again, it's 1-800-670-4357. And of course, the GIS, the Guaranteed Income Supplement, is from the federal government, and but this is the provincial tax from your um, from your income tax. So 
we'll see uh, look forward to getting more information about this quite honestly and uh, what I've always stood for in our provincial legislation is for less government less bureaucracy and stop taxing people so much so you know what we see time and time again uh, also we see this federally is very high taxes people are paying a lot of money in taxes and then they get these checks in the mail well you know what I believe we should be doing is let's tax less and reduce the uh, need for all of these government employees to be writing checks and giving people back their very own money. So uh, a couple of the bills that I've tabled in the Nova Scotia legislature to to reinforce this are uh, a, a bill to increase the basic personal tax exemption. So right now here in Nova Scotia we pay the most in income tax in all of Canada and one of the reasons for that is we have the lowest basic personal tax exemption. So it's less than $9,000. So that means after you earn more than that, you're paying income tax on that. Whereas other provinces are as high as 20000 that you don't pay any income tax on the first $20,000 that you earn. So we need to increase the basic personal tax exemption. And then the second thing, uh, sometimes people need a little explanation about this one. It's, it's stopping bracket creep. And what that means is the income tax brackets that we see on our income tax return here in Nova Scotia, they don't change. But every other province except for one, those income tax brackets change every year. They go up in line with inflation or consumer price index CPI. So uh, because of that, the government is continuing to take more of your money in the form of taxes by not increasing the tax brackets in line with inflation. So the second bill that I had tabled about this is a bill to stop bracket creep. So increase the income tax brackets. And what's interesting is uh, Premier Houston uh, was an accountant, was a chartered accountant. He knows about this. He actually... Uh, when he was opposition leader, and even before that, when he was an MLA with the opposition parties, he talked about this and actually told Premier McNeil that he should be doing this. So now that he's in office and in the position of power as Premier, he absolutely should be stopping bracket creep and increasing basic personal tax exemption and, you know, allow people to keep more of their hard-earned money. The other thing that I have spoke about in the legislature, I have not put forth a bill yet, but it may be coming this fall, and that is reduce the uh, provincial portion of fuel tax. It's called the provincial mode of fuel tax. It's 15.5 cents per liter. And now that the government has increased the carbon tax, uh, we're paying provincial mode of fuel tax. We're paying federal excise tax, which is 10 cents a liter on fuel, plus the carbon tax. And then on top of all of those taxes and the price of fuel, the commodity tax price of fuel, you're paying, I'm paying, HST, 15%. So we're paying tax on tax. So every time the carbon tax goes up, every time the price of fuel goes up, we're also paying more in HST, which is really a cash cow for both the federal and provincial governments. So what I have said to uh, our premier is lower the provincial mode of fuel tax. Lower it. Cut it in half or remove it altogether. 15.5 cents per liter uh, when you're getting more money 
uh, through HST because of the increase in carbon tax as well as the in increased price of the commodity price of fuel, uh, you need to give people a break. People cannot afford it. And we all know that as inflation goes up and the price of fuel goes up, the price of groceries goes up because just about everything that we're buying in our grocery store has to be transported there. Uh, much of the food comes from far away. We import over 90% of our food here in Nova Scotia, and it's all affected by the price of fuel. So that is just a little information about that today, and just so you know what I am advocating for on your behalf. Moving on to another topic around hurricane season. So Premier, or Minister John Lohr, rather, uh, gave an update last week, at the end of last week, talking about being prepared for hurricane season. Uh, of course, last year we had Hurricane Fiona, and then back in 2019 we had Hurricane Dorian, and our area of the province, specifically in Wallace and Malagash, was hit particularly hard by both of those uh, hurricanes. So we definitely want everyone to be prepared uh, for strong winds, heavy rain that can cause power outages, storm surges, flooding and property damage. So uh, Minister Lohr was encouraging everyone uh, and I'm also encouraging everyone as well to always have an emergency kit ready with food, water, medications, important documents and supplies enough to last for several days in the event of an emergency and preparing property by trimming trees, securing loose items and cleaning your gutters and storm drains and make a plan with your families now before one is needed. So those are all just really good um, points and ideas to prepare for a storm in the event that we do get a hurricane or a tropical storm in this area. Another topic uh, area that I've been working on is around early education pre-primary as well as regular public schools between uh, kindergarten and grade 12. As school approaches, I'm getting calls from parents and residents asking for advice on many different school-related issues. So in these cases, I work with the Chignecto Regional Education Center as well as people from the Department of Education to resolve any issue that comes my way. Uh, another topic is Nova Scotia Power. So over the past several months, I've been receiving an increasing number of calls from frustrated people with the length of time it takes to wait for Nova Scotia Power to come and do inspections or hookups for power. Thankfully, I will say, I ha do have a good relationship with Nova Scotia Power staff, and they are very helpful when I contact them and ask them for help. So if you're having an issue with getting an inspection or a hookup with Nova Scotia Power, please contact my office and I'll do my very best to assist you. They are a non-government business, however, they do have government relations staff that work with us MLAs and uh, they work with us to try and resolve issues and thankfully I have, have had very good experience with them. Last week, I attended the Cumberland County Exhibition. I attended the tug-of-war finals, as well as the opening ceremony for the 4-H and awards ceremony, and stayed for the pig auction, where two little piggies were auctioned off over and over again, and over $10,000 was raised for scholarships for students, 4-H students, to attend post-secondary school. So, uh, quite amazing, really, what the parents, the leaders, and the community do to support 4-H and to support our youth. So hats off to all of them. 
And hopefully uh, you've had a chance to get out to the Cumberland County Exhibition and support, support agriculture and support all of those that are working so hard to have a successful exhibition. Again, it, it continues on through the week and next weekend as well. So if you have an opportunity, head out to Oxford and uh, support the Oxford, sorry, it used to be called the Oxford, now called the Cumberland County Exhibition. This week in politics, uh, today, Monday, I'm chairing the Rotary meeting with the guest speaker uh, today, who is our Member of Parliament, Dr. Stephen Ellis. So I look forward to hearing uh, Dr. Ellis's presentation today. I'll be working in the office in both Amherst as well as Pugwash, and my constituency assistant, Dan Gould, is taking vacation this week. So I am asking everyone to call or email my office first, as sometimes I'm out on the road or I may be in Pugwash or I may be in Amherst. So just give the office a call at 902-661-2288 before coming in. I would like to wish a happy birthday and happy anniversary to anyone that is celebrating this week. I also want to make special mention to Gladys and Arnett Kosh, who celebrated their 51st wedding anniversary on Saturday. Happy anniversary to a very special couple. Also, uh, happy 50th anniversary, wedding anniversary to Ernest and Elaine Fage, who celebrated late last week. Sending happy birthday wishes to anyone celebrating this week, including today, August the 28th, Merle Murray is celebrating. And of course, Merle is the organizer of the Amherst Farmers Market. So thank you, Merle, and hope you have a great birthday today. Tomorrow, Tuesday, August the 29th, Stephen Thompson is celebrating a birthday. And Wednesday, August 30th, Linda Letcher, mother of four beautiful, successful boys, is celebrating a birthday. Thursday, August 31st, Leah Hicks is celebrating. And Friday, September the 1st, Natalie Gilroy, one of our very successful and respected paramedics. On Saturday, September the 2nd, Tammy Bickerton, and I'm sure Tammy's getting ready to go back to school. She is the vice principal out at Cumberland North Academy, so happy birthday to Tammy and hope she has a great uh, birthday celebration. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of John Allen McKenzie, Bobby Gordon Black, Patsy Reed, as well as David Blue and anyone else who has lost a loved one recently. Please accept my condolences. At this time, I would like to say thank you to everyone at CFTA 107.9, and in particular, Mr. James Han and Mr. Ron Bickle, for all of their support in allowing me to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. I hope you have a great week. Enjoy this last week of August. Embrace the last bit of summer that we have. Remember to take care of yourself. Take care of your mind, body, and spirit. We, we are, as humans, have many needs that are physical, spiritual, emotional, mental, and it's very important that we take care of ourselves. Do the best to take care of your own health and wellness and always look for ways to reach out and serve and help others. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week, and feel free to contact my office anytime.